Hello and welcome to Watermark's Church Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Tarno, joined as always by my co-host, John McGee. John, how are we doing? Hey, Adam. Great to be here. I'm glad to have you back. Well, today we got a treat for our listeners. Today we have two guests. First one is no stranger to the podcast, Jonathan Pecluda. Welcome. Fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. I don't know. Who lost uh, track of counting? <laughs> like five episodes. Today right? I, I am playing the tyrannical leader, the one who uh, even those below me evidently need to lead, and so I uh, will be playing that role. Very, Very difficult to work with. Amen to that. And yes. I will be playing the humble servant. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's hard for him. Yeah. Well, and who <laughs> are you? Difficult. You're um, an I. Um, so everybody welcome David Marvin. First I'm time in the podcast. David Marvin. It's so fun to be here. I work with the young adults at The Porch, which is Watermark's uh, young adult ministry. And uh, and yeah, I'm excited to uh, share, if anything, from the ways that I have learned the hard way about what it looks like to lead up and um, through the ways I haven't done it well. So love and excited to be here. That's right. Well, we're glad that you guys are here. So our topic today, as you've mentioned a few times, is leading up. So JP, first of all, that just sounds weird. What does it mean to lead up? It means uh, you think about the elements of leadership, right? You always think about those below you that um, that are looking to you for direction. And uh, we think about leading out our peers, but leading up is leading those above you. And so learning who they are and how you can serve them and uh, continue to, to be a sounding board and give direction to those above you. It's the most difficult form of leadership, I believe. Most difficult. Most I, difficult. Could we also say this is just how to be a really good employee? Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's also like how to be a good spouse, how to be uh, a great volunteer, a great part of the mission. Honestly, as Christians, we're all leading up underneath the mission of God, right? And so we all have a boss or someone we report to. Wait, are you saying we're leading Jesus? We are leading up towards Jesus and his mission. That feels like a Jesus juke that went really that bad. Matthew 28, guys. That is going to create emails. You guys have got that to start is, reading your Bibles. Hopefully our leaders are discerning. And that is D. Uh, Marvin listeners at Listeners are discerning enough. We don't <laughs> we, think we're leading Jesus, if you're listening. Anyway. Okay. All right. Well, David, we invited you here. We invited you here because this is something over the last five or six years you have gotten uh, quite the reputation of doing this really well. And so why don't you just give the audience just a little background on just your time here at Watermark and how you came to have so much to say on this subject. Yeah, I... I, uh, I hope that I do this well. I I, uh, I think I still have a long way to go and I'm learning how to, but I started on staff eight years ago and moved over after a few years working with student ministry to the young adult ministry, have been underneath JP and worked closely with him since then. And, and really uh, probably the first two or three, maybe even today, um, I uh, had huge gaps in ways I was not doing this well, had lots of hard conversations with JP, who is a great friend and boss and helped teach through, man, here's what it looks like to lead up well. Don't don't always uh, fight for either the microphone or you don't have to make every decision. Sometimes the decisions are made and you have to champion them. And there's all kinds of different ways that um, I was uh, failing to lead up and to lead up well. And so um, some of this really, almost all of it, truly is coming from just the ways that I've paid the dummy tax or failed to do this. So, uh, David, you got, we got a list of five things. Um, so let's start with the first one. Um, you talk about being a student. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So being a student of your boss, if I had to sum up everything or just give someone a sentence on how do you lead up well, I would probably say, be a student of your boss and learn what are the things that they care about? What are the things that they don't, you know, a student of their wiring. So JP is my boss. And, um, one of the things that I know about his wiring is he likes options. He likes when um, we are picking a sermon direction or a, you know, an event uh, 
timing or any different thing. He wants options to react to. He wants, hey, here's one suggestion. Here's another one. Um, here's the decision that needs to be made. And here's two options that we could go with. So being a student of their wiring, being a student of their gifts and knowing um, just the ways that God has made them, the way he's made you. And and um, so for me, JP is a phenomenal communicator. I'll try to give him the ball anytime that he wants it. And especially if he's present, I uh, lead the volunteers and lead our um young adult team. And so that looks like lots of vision casting and lots of communication to them. But if JP ever steps into the room as he does uh, less with our young adults team and more with Watermark staff in general, but whenever he does step into the room with our young, young adults team or volunteers, I want to give him the ball and give him the floor to address and to speak. And then, um, and then I think it's even being a student of like little quirks and little nuances to their personality. Like uh, JP loves arts, very artistic, loves creative stuff. He wants to speak into that stuff. He doesn't want to speak into the budget and Excel spreadsheet for the most part. Maybe high level he does, but um, but he's not a numbers guy, people. No, we he's not. That. Hey, and, so speaking uh, of quirks, what are some other ones? Let's just let's read on this podcast. Here's here's another one. Like he loves retreats that are solely relational so uh, you know so we do weird. it we do it so weird retreat. that you no, love retreats no we do a teaching are. retreat every single year and I, my goal is to come out of that where we plan all the sermons for the year his goal is that we hang out we make memories we shoot guns or you know not if you're not from texas and uh we uh <laughs> we just have fun and make memories so that's his goal on that and and that i've just had to learn like hey that's what i should expect yeah, and the, and so the reason why on the relational thing is really to protect our relationship as yeah. we're leading together, and I'm giving you more and more leadership. And this is a domino that uh, that falls upward, if that even makes sense. Where I'm, I'm, you know, we have an amazing leader here in Todd, and just constantly uh, the same thing. Like if I'm there and he's there, I'm like, you're leading, right? And so I I I love the way that that's a part of our culture and something that uh, you didn't say because you're kind. But I, you know, I'm kind of a stickler on communication and want it to be effective and efficient. And so I want the team to be thoughtful on: Hey, is this a text message, or is this an email, or is this a phone call, or is this a face-to-face meeting? And uh, and and you have learned that over time, and even instructed uh, those underneath you: Hey, let's be efficient and effective in the way that we communicate. Yep. That's really good. So, uh, JP, you also play a unique role in that you're still leading up also with Todd. So any, any thoughts on what you've learned as being kind of a student of uh, Todd Wagner, who's our senior pastor? You know, I think in, in a lot of ways we're similar. Um, I think he cares about design, and I think he values um, flexibility or options. I'll say as a leader, he values options. So he can, and he, he also values information so that he can make the, the best decision. Um, so in a lot of ways, um, in the way that I've seen David do this, uh, I, I get the opportunity to, to do it as well. And the reason we have to say this when it comes to leading up is because it's not everybody's default position. I mean, there's a lot of people that would see, hey, my boss is different than me and they need to come my direction, right? And so what we're saying is, no, 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 it, it goes both ways here. And if you really want to lead well up, then you need to go their direction. You need to move towards them and understand their their differences as well. Absolutely. Yeah, that's an important observation. I think it's the kiss of death. If you're looking at your boss saying, hey, he's different than me and he needs to come my direction, right? I'd, I would wake up. All right. Second one, David, that you talk about is uh, don't surprise your boss. Uh, yeah. So th- that relates to a couple of things. One, telegraphing decisions that are going to be made. So, hey, JP, we're moving the Christmas concert and, and examples are going to fail me. So contextualize them to whatever would make sense wherever you are. But, uh, you know, we do a Christmas concert once a year for the for the poetry ministry. Hey, we're going to move it from Tuesday night to Friday night. 
or um, before we ever move it, I want to make sure that he has uh, that in front of him. Here's what we're thinking. Here's why we would move it. Um, and here are the costs and the things that are involved in that. Just telegraphing it, giving him information so that he's never surprised by that. Or if uh, I drop a ball, which happens only like once every hour. Yeah. And, uh, and so when that happens, I need to make sure that I go, hey, JP, I just want you to know I um, good. meant to follow up here and in the graphic, we're not going to have it on time. And, um, and so here's what we're working to do. So just not surprising him. You ask a, par- a powerful question. Uh, you ask, hey, what do you think about this? What a powerful question that is when you're trying to lead up, just to, to loop in the person that you're leading with, the person over you, and just say, hey, what do you think about this? Hey, what are your thoughts on this? Hey, you've, you've traveled this path before. You've been in ministry. You've made these decisions before. You've chosen T-shirt colors and retreat places and sermon topics and, and team retreats. And, and so, hey, what, what are your thoughts? And um, I think that's a really easy way to telegraph the direction you're going. Hey, here's what I was thinking about doing. Um, any any concerns with that? And as he's asking that, man, I'm just continue to loosen that leash. Hey, bro, just go, just run, just keep going. Yeah. So I think, I don't think this word's been mentioned yet, but trust. I and mean, so much of this is by not surprising, you gain trust. And so uh, I think one of the things when you communicate, um, you know, maybe about an event or about a decision, sometimes you can tend to like leave out certain information and part, part of leading up well is to, here's the whole picture. Uh, you, there's nothing else you're later going to find out that would give you pause or would frustrate you. You now know the whole picture. And when something is not going well, um, to say, hey, just want to get in front of this. You talked about this just a second ago, Dave. I want to get in front of this and let you know because you never want the person that, that uh, you report to walking into a meeting or a social situation or something like that and someone says, hey, I heard about this and that's the first time they've heard about it. Like They want to know, yes, absolutely. I heard about that. Here's here's what happened. Here's what uh, you know we're doing about it. And David's on it. So yeah, I, I do know about that. It's a, it's a horrible place for that leader to be and not know what what it is that everyone else is talking about. And so when you become that kind of person uh, who there's there's never any surprises, you gain a lot uh, a lot of trust or a lot of leash, as JP was talking about. Yeah, which is, so, I mean, that is such a practical way for those of us that are in positions of leading up right now. Like you're driving home, uh, at the end of the day, you're driving into work, just ask yourself, what is information I've got in my mind right now that I've not shared with my boss that if they were in a meeting and somebody said, did you know that they would be surprised? And, uh, and then just give them that information to make sure that they're not surprised. It, it helps so much. So David, number three, you talk about uh, disagreeing, but also committing. What do you mean by that? Yeah, I think in a healthy, on a healthy team, healthy organization or company, uh, the boss is not going to just make all the decisions. He's going to allow other people to speak into it. And, and so our team is a great example of that. And our ministry is, and JP welcomes and invites people. He's not looking for yes men. He wants people to speak into to everything that's going on and help us make it better. And yet at the same time, there are times where after we debate it all out and, um, you know, he has one idea and I have another and, and the team is, is discussing and debating at some point, once a decision is made, even if I disagree with it, I got to walk out of that room and own it. Like I came up with it. And this probably is one of the harder ones for me. I'm like a, I wear emotions on my sleeve kind of person. You can tell when someone's like, um, are you excited to be here? And uh, it's it's clear, you can tell. And so for me, I have to constantly battle against um, just fighting that part of faithfulness is that even when I disagree, I'm going to go out and champion it like uh, I came up with this idea. 
And, um, and this has been so helpful for me because it allows me in learning to do that with JP, that even if I disagree in the, in the room, once we decide this is the direction we're going to go, I got to go out and I got to champion it like it's my own. It's been helpful for me because now I get to vision cast that for my team of, Hey, I need you to help me. A part of leadership is if you're going to help to those who I lead, you're going to help me lead the ministry that we're a part of. I need you to go out there and nobody has, nobody can think you don't really agree with this idea. Do you like, that's the worst thing you can do. If you show up and you're like, well, JP wants us to do this. So I guess we should versus saying, Hey team, here's the direction we're going. It's going to be amazing. I believe that, that God's going to do something special in the midst of it. And he's led us here. In the, in the corporate world, I had a boss that used to say um, this phrase. It's a little offensive, but he say a, he would say A's hire A's and B's hire C's. And, um, and the, the idea behind that is um, A leaders look for other A leaders. And so if you're listening to this and you're an A leader, that means that you have other A leaders uh, beneath you. The reason they're an A leader uh, is because they have strong opinions, they have ideas, they have God-given theories uh, that they want to see implemented, and uh, you're trying to give them the freedom to do that. And at the same time, every now and then, you got to say, no, we got to go this direction. And if that person just grabs that rope or grabs that wheel and says, no, I really want to go this direction, I really want to go this direction— and they can't go the direction that uh, you believe the Lord is leading you to joyfully, then that's going to be a problem. And so I would just say in summary there that uh, I don't want two types of, I don't want to work with two types of people. I don't want to work with yes men, bobbleheads that are just saying, hey, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. And don't push back ever. I want to, and uh, I want to create space um, where people feel the freedom to push back and say, no, I don't think that's a great idea. And I also don't want uh, when someone disagrees that they just get stuck there and we can't move forward. That's really good. Really good. And I just cannot tell you what a blessing it is uh, when I look out and somebody on my team is executing like with incredible zeal something that they didn't come up with and that they actually kind of voted against. But boy, you would you would have thought it was the it was their best idea for the last six months that they've been praying about, dreaming about, and they finally are so glad they get to execute it. That as a leader, that's an unbelievable blessing. And wherever you are in the, you know, kind of the org chart, if you can act uh, that way, it, it is just a, a tremendous, tremendous blessing. And the opposite's true, right? Absolutely. Whenever you look out and you're like, you see the person leading and you walk up on what you know whatever initiative that they're leading that you knew they voted against and and you can tell like they're doing this halfway and they're not all in you're you lose trust and you're like uh, your perspective on they've lost trust with you which it probably comes through most often if i was thinking practically two things like body language so after the decision is made and you're continuing to have meetings about the event you sit there with your arms crossed you're doodling on your paper, you're not paying attention, you're not providing any ideas, that body language communicates volumes. And then those little murmurings that can happen when the boss isn't in the room and the, the little nudge of just going, can you believe that we are, you know, we pick this color and all that kind of stuff. So Energy. Yeah, all of that stuff is such a big deal and it's just going to communicate whether or not you're committed to this or not. And they, everybody can read the body language and sooner or later the murmurings are going to catch up to you and they're going to know you were out there doing That's that. That's good, brother. I've got a great story. So um, several years ago, um, probably not as many as I wished it was, but several years ago, um, I'm I'm somewhere uh, off campus and I Skyped into an elders meeting and we're discussing something and it's Did very- Did they know about you Skyping they, in? They, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm, uh, you know, I'm in my little hotel room uh, in another city. I Skype in, we're talking about something that I care deeply about and this thing turns and goes very different than, than what I wished. And I forget that I 
that they can see me. And I roll, I just like rolled my eyes and exhaled and thought, thought nothing of it. And I got back you know, to the office two days later and, uh, and Kyle Kegler, one of the guys on our staff said, you know, like everybody saw that. <laughs> you know? So I had to go back around and, you know, talk to the folks in there. And it was just a great that to that point about body language, I said so much by saying nothing and yeah. it was not, it was not okay. It was, it was a horrible uh, leadership move. So um, I've hopefully learned my lesson uh, on that one. So great. So let's go to number four, uh, David. Uh, one of the things you talk about is leading up uh, by lightening their load. What do you mean by that? I think you uh, you don't sit back and wait and and say, well, my leader is going to tell me what to do that'll help him or that'll help you know our our team or our organization. You initiate and you uh, you look for ways to lighten whatever they're going through. So for me, if JP's teaching, I feel a shared responsibility and burden with his sermon and the success of it. And so I'm thinking about illustrations or here's examples or hey, have you said have you read this commentary and here's a look at the text. I look for ways to take things off of his plate. And, um, and this is another one that, that as responsibilities grow, I, I have moved as JP has moved into more leadership for watermark wide, my responsibilities have enlarged and I've taken on more responsibilities and I'm trying to figure out what even this looks like and how to do this better and better. So this is not something I figured out, but, um, it's asking the question of how can I lighten my leader's load? And I think, you know, the crazy thing about this is as much as anything else, when someone lightens my load. Uh, they gain tremendous trust and uh, just affinity from me towards them. And I know the same is true for JP. Like one of the things that, that I think he appreciates most is when I seek out and initiate to lighten his load. Hey, I know you have this coming up. Here's, here's a bad example, but a uh, email that we have, you know, we kick off the porch in January and uh, a couple of years ago, there was an email that um, I threw together, drafted, Hey JP, here's an email uh, to send to the volunteers. I think it should come from you. He was the, um, really the face and still is largely the face of the ministry. And I think it should come from you. Here's a first draft at it. If you want to take it and put your spin on it. And, um, and so that is just a, it just takes time and, um, it takes a willingness to say, I mean, I don't, I don't care who gets credit for it. And I think I'm most healthy when I say, I don't care who gets credit for it, whatever's best needs to be done. And, um, and so it takes initiating and trying to set him up for success. Again, I don't do that well, um, a hundred percent of the time or even most of the time, but, but I think I'm leading best and leading up best and healthiest when I am. Yeah. Powerful phrase. I think in leading up is just, I'll take that. And so you're looking for opportunities. Hey, let me, let me take that off your plate. Hey, let me grab that. Hey, let me, let me take a first run draft at that. You can change it, you know, make it your words. I mean, we, we're not, we don't want to lack integrity in the way that we do this. Um, but any, any ways that we can help those, uh, above us uh, with the tasks at hand, you know, that that's what we want to do. And so sometimes David will call and say, hey, what do you need? You know, I've got some margin. What do you need? And it's like, hey, well, can you scrub this commentary for me? Can you help me find out what this Greek word means or whatever? And and he could come back and say, dude, I'm not a research assistant. Are you kidding me? Like, that's not my to- my title. That's not my role. But he doesn't. He's like, oh, absolutely, man, you got it. And, uh, and he dives in. And um, that's you know, that's helpful. Honestly. That's great. Yeah. So we're not talking about doing the despot's bidding uh, here. It's just an attitude of service and uh, humility. And uh, this isn't fundamentally about me. It's the, it's the mission that matters. And if I can help the mission, um, you know, move forward, I will do whatever. And uh, it doesn't matter if my name's attached to that. And, you know, one thought I had was most leaders, there's, there's kind of these superpowers that they have. They're 
incredible at it. Um, it's easy for them. And then they've got a set of things that just kind of drag for them. And uh, and so if you can think through some of those categories for those that you, you know, uh, are attempting to lead up with, th- that is uh, a great place to start on the kind of the things that you could say, I'll take that. You know, Adam, there, y- you've been on my team multiple times. You reported to me multiple times, kind of like a junior high relationship. You, we break up and you come back. <laughs> uh, but each time you've done this incredibly well. One of the things that's hard or just takes time for me is uh, writing um, very precise documents. And it just, uh, yeah, it just, it's just harder for me probably than it, than it should be. And so many times you said, I will take that. And it showed up in my inbox like done. And I just exhaled and uh, the air smelled cleaner, like life was just better uh, because of this. And it made me, again, trust and want to, uh, you know, want, want to see you kind of rise around here. And it's one of the things when I remember when the discussion was, you know, should we move Adam and to higher levels of leadership? Um, one of the discussions was he's he's led up incredibly, incredibly well. So since he's led everywhere he is, I bet if we give him more, he'll continue to do uh, do the same. Here's this part for me with lightening the load that is uh, so important is that if I'm not somebody who takes items off of my boss's to-do list, then I'm effectively become someone who becomes an item on their to-do list. You're putting things on. Yeah, I'm putting things on there. And you always want to be a remover from your boss's to-do list. You never want to be an addition to their to-do list. And so that that just really practically is is some great insight there, David. Number five. Number five, David. So here's what you say. Don't present problems. Propose solutions. Yeah, you never just want to be someone who who shows up and is critical and this stinks and this could have been done better and and I didn't like the way we did this and and um you know that's just a morale killer. There's been people who jump onto your team or jump into your your volunteer core and uh and they just will suck the energy out of the room by by being like, "Man, this is this is low energy and not enough fun and I think there's I think everyone here is bored and they will uh, they'll just suck the energy right out of the room by by trying to bring out problems and I think their heart is intending well but they're not bringing solutions and I think for me leading up doesn't just say hey that message wasn't good but saying hey I think that message has room for improvement here's the areas that I identified and uh, propose not just a problem but identify a solution or even if I don't know the solution, because I think sometimes we get stuck there where you're like, man, I see the problem and I don't know the solution. So I guess I should just wait on it or just tell them it's a problem is to at least say, hey, here's the problem I've identified and um, and I'm still looking for the solution. But I don't want that to make me hesitant to bring forward the fact that I think we could do this better. I think this should change. Wait, whose message wasn't good? Um, yeah, I'm just kidding. Again, I'm going to be sending out applications. You can look for those <laughs> yeah. at, at David I, J. Marvin. I think to your point, what you said a second ago, Adam, is just like, man, for a while I would go to Todd and like, hey, here's the problems I'm facing. I need you to solve them. Like I'm just, I was putting stuff on his plate constantly. And, uh, and, and realizing that it's like, hey, I need to go and say, hey, here's the issue. Here's three possible solutions. Uh, what, which one would you choose and just constantly think through, okay, there there was a scenario recently where um, a budget worked out differently than we had anticipated. We ran an event. It was supposed to be a zero line item and, uh, and there, and it wasn't. And so we had to figure out how to close a gap. And, um, you didn't just come to me. I'm talking to David. You didn't just come to me and say, Hey, here's the problem. But it was like, Hey, here's three possible things that we could do with this, um, to solve this. So good. So good. It is so easy to be a critic. Mm -hmm. It's so easy. 
And most people are so good at it. Um, yeah. If that was a, a valued superpower, like I, I would so excel. And I, and I did. I, as, I, as I look back, uh, I think there were so many times I was sand in Todd's gears. You know, I just, this is, this is broken. This is broken. And, um, and probably through some stern conversations, he probably helped me become a problem solver. And uh, it was more of a blessing than a, than a beating to him. But uh, it's just easy to critique and uh, anybody can do that. You don't need to hire someone. You don't need that person on your team who's solely a critic, but someone who can see what's broken and propose solutions and then roll up their sleeves and get after it. That person is a blessing. That's someone you trust and someone you want to see have more and more leadership responsibilities. Yeah. That doesn't just point mm-hmm. out the gaps, but stands in them. Yeah. It's good. It's good. That's great. Man, that'll preach. Yeah. Yeah, that will. Um, so here, let's, uh, so we were talking about leading up. Let's talk about um, one aspect of this. Like, can this be, and this is a question for all of you guys, can this be taken too far? Like, we, we spend so much time trying to develop others and getting them to learn that they need to lead up. Is there, is there a danger that we forget that as leaders, it is our job to serve others, to serve those who are under us, that we are to bring peace into their life and make their lives easier? Can we get too caught up in this leading up thing that we forget our responsibility and privilege as a leader. Depends on your role, right? Uh, yes. If you say, can you get to, I would say yes to just about any question, but I think it does depend on uh, the person's role. So for example, if you are a research assistant, then primarily, you, you know, every day you show up and, and your job is to assist, to help somebody above you. Um, if you are a leader, like in David's case, uh, he's also leading many and um, and so I, I don't want him to lead up at the expense of those that he's leading. Uh, that would be a tragedy. Yeah, I, I think so. The question is, hey, can we uh, sacrifice some of our responsibility of leadership biblically, which is servant leadership, on the altar of forcing others to lead up? Yeah. And uh, I mean, yeah, I would think you know, anything's possible, Adam, especially with God. And, uh, <laughs> that one may not fall into that Jesus category. Juke of the podcast. So <laughs> just, just if we're keeping, no worry, I've got three more. I got three no. more that I got to work no. in. Don't worry. No, it's a part of my contract. And, uh, <laughs> no, I think for sure it can, but I think, I think more than anything, the, um, the opposite is, is probably taking place that, that people are not good at leading up, you know, to JP's credit, I really do think he's good at teaching others how to lead up and he's learned how to do that. Well, he does it really well with Todd. He taught me, and I feel a responsibility as a leader that part of the, one of my, the ways that I do serve my team is by teaching them to lead up, um, because they're not going to be on our team for forever and they're going to be in other positions on other teams and they're going to be spouses and they're going to have to learn how to, how to lead up and to lead in every single direction. And so I think truly it, especially with the young adult generation, they just don't know how to do it and nobody's teaching them. And so one of the ways that leaders have to lead is to serve and serve by teaching them how to do that. And uh, so that's good. Yeah. This is an unnuanced conversation. This was purely about leading up. And so right. there's so much more uh, to this. And so, uh, boy, if you're, uh, if you're leading up, you also have a responsibility to lead in. I would say, I think you prioritize um, uh, the request up. So, you know, if, if, Todd or JP emails me. Those are the first ones I, I respond to. But no, there's no way I can neglect that. And then, uh, you know, my, my responsibility to lead that which uh, is under me. But then also, um, you know, 
senior leaders, like uh, it's not your job to run around and make sure that everyone is doing uh, your bidding. You, you're to serve them uh, as well. And there's some really, if I just be candid, uh, there's some really weird church cultures uh, where some of the senior leaders um, are set up as kind of these papal despots and everyone is in the organization are just kind of these minions to uh, serve and bless the guy at the top. And I just, um, well, look no farther than Jesus. Um, I don't see that as a biblical model of leadership. Yeah, it just uh, reminded me one time somebody said, I said that Todd was high capacity and, and they responded, and said, yeah, he has 200, uh, 200 assistants. And I just was like, man, that that couldn't be further from the truth. Um, that that he he is indeed a high capacity leader, but he's also constantly pouring into those. Uh, you know, that's the that's the crazy thing. Like, if you lead, if you are in authority over somebody, serve them in such a way to your point that they want to lead up. And if they don't want to lead up, look to yourself first and consider, hey, how are you serving those underneath you? That's good. I mean, as a just by way of confession. When I had an opportunity recently to uh, be able to lead a few more people, uh, one of the first thoughts that went through my mind when I was presented with this opportunity was, awesome, finally somebody's going to serve me, right? And, and it just like, it hung with me as I drove home and I was like, I don't think I've got that right. I think I've been thinking so much about lead up, lead up, lead up that I've forgotten uh, that pendulum had just swung a little far to that side. And just understanding, as you said, John, this is a nuance. We're, we're going over here just talking about this one area, but there is a balance that it's not just people are going to serve me. Leaders' primary job is also to lead the people that they're serving. And so, as you said, it's not just go around and make sure that they're, hey, you, you, could, you could email me better. Hey, that, that one kind of wasted my time. Hey, it's not that all the time. There is, there's aspects, as you said, David, where we're coaching them because this is a big deal. But uh, but it's also we don't abdicate our responsibility as a leader to be able to serve others beneath us. It's good, man. Well, let's go through this list one last time as we wrap up. So, uh, David, these are five great principles. The first one you talked about is being a student of your boss. Number two, you talked about don't surprise your boss. Number three was disagree, but ultimately commit. Number four was to lighten their load, to take items off their to-do list. And number five was don't just present problems, but propose solutions. So John, any final thoughts? Yeah, I just want to make sure we're taking action on all this. Turn these ideas and thoughts into actions. And so uh, if you have somewhere where you are leading up, I think a great action item would be to go to that person. Uh, first, you might just have to repent of something. I've not done this well, and I, I know it. And if you want to tell me some more, help me understand just how poorly I've done it. I'm listening, and I want to do better. Um, but what could I do to lead up well? How can I communicate? What can I take off your plate? Right? What can uh, What can I do just to make it a blessing to be you, to work with me? Is there anything about my attitude that's, that's just uh, difficult to be with. How can I make it uh, more uh, more of a blessing to have me uh, on your team? And then, if you're a senior leader, I would think about uh, those under you. Do, would it be easy to lead up uh, if uh, if you were them? And so, those will be some great questions, some great conversations to have. Awesome. Well, David, if people want to find out more about the porch, where should they go? Uh, www.theporch.live www you can find out more about um, us there also you can stream The Porch wherever you are on Tuesday nights uh, several thousand young adults gather here in Dallas and you can also uh, stream online or you can find streaming locations which is something that's relatively new where we have these different partnerships that are springing up all over the place where you know 
several hundred people in Houston and, and in El Paso and Tulsa and all throughout really the, the country are streaming. And so you can find a streaming location there. You can even find out how to become a streaming location and bring uh, that to your church. That's great. So theporch.live, you can go check that out. David, JP, thank you so much Thanks for, for being here us, today. Thanks. John, I think, I mean, he was first time, but I, I think we'll bring him back. We'll maybe. bring him back. Yeah, you get, yeah, we're going to watch some of the uh, Jesus juke. Yeah. But we'll, we'll, don't we'll worry, guys. On that. I, so should I do good. my maybe next what we three can right say now? Is, if anybody has any critical feedback for David on how he performed, you can always, or any just comments or questions about Email today's episode. Email me at atarno at watermark.org. That's atarno at watermark.org. Or, or CLP at watermark.org, either of those. So JP, when we have you on, we always love for you to provide our outro music. Yeah. Are, you feeling, are, yeah. are you feeling it today? Can you Man, do that? Usually I would have a DMARV sing, but uh, no.